Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young, of course, as always, joined by sidekick, partner, good friend, Aaron Smith. How are we? Doing very well, sir. Doing very well. And you know what, Aaron? It is a bi-weekly installment of the Bearcat Bounce. Last week, we had Leonard Stokes and Steve Logan on. Another big thank you for coming on the pod, but it's bi-weekly. It's, it's our favorite time. Every bi-weekly Monday, yet again, back on the pod, the BBP, Mr. Brady Collins. Brady, how are we? Doing good, gentlemen. How are we doing? It's a pleasure to be back um, and been enjoying the other podcast. Got to catch up uh, on, my, on my drives into the office on uh, the Anthony uh, DeFino one. That was yeah. a good one. And then uh, I'm halfway through the uh, basketball one there, so that's uh, – some good stuff. I always like uh, listening to the other stuff and getting a little insight into the other side of things. Yeah. And you just, you're starting to see how comfortable you are now. You're like, Oh wow. These, these guys come in, come into the pod, a little wet feet. You, you dive in head first nowadays. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm a, I guess you could say, um, but no, I, I enjoy this. Is, this is, it's fun. I mean, you know, last Monday was around this time. I'm like, Oh wow. I guess I'll just go to bed now. <laughs> oh, no, Brady. Brady, Steve Logan was hilarious, wasn't he? He was, man. Again, I got to finish it, but uh, that was that was a good. You could just tell that was a really, you know, open and just really uh, interesting and entertaining pod that you guys did. So I got to finish it, but um, it was. It's a it's a great. I think I'm about forty minutes through. Yeah, I, that was my biggest takeaway too. It's just that you know Steve Logan kind of was was quiet, kind of more reserved, humble throughout his time with the Bearcats. And then all of a sudden he comes on the pod and you don't really see too many interviews with Steve Logan. And all of a sudden there he is cracking jokes, hilarious stories. I was, I was blown away to be honest. Really? Yeah. I think anytime you get, you know, former players in a setting like that, they're one, they're going to be, you know, passionate about the program to talk about it, the days they were there. And then obviously, you know, there's a lot of good publicity and a lot of fire that's going right now for the basketball side and, you know, whatever it takes to keep pumping that and bringing, you know, old energy and all obviously mix it with the new energy. It's, it's exciting. So it is, it's uh. but again, like I said, for me who, you know, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, but always knew of Cincinnati and Cincinnati basketball and all that stuff. It's just, it's really kind of cool to get some more insight and learn the history and understand um, a lot of the things that made this place successful. Well, I, I mean, speaking of things, getting some fire behind them and, and a lot of, a lot of pump up, a lot of praise. I, we're, we're talking about a top 10 football team as well. You guys are off. You will be back next Monday. Kind of just tell me, obviously, we leading into next Monday, what, what has been this, this time away for the players and what kind of are you planning for when the group gets back together next Monday? Yeah, I think, um, I, think I said it the last time. The biggest thing we want is just a nice physical, obviously, but more, more so than that is the mental break from, you know, the daily – uh, routine of what it is that we do here and um, you know we know our guys they love it they thrive um, they're, they're looking forward to it just as much as we are but you know it's good to kind of reset you know recharge and kind of get your mind you know prepared for what's coming because you know like I said we have a great opportunity ahead of us we know what's what's on the table for us we know what our goals and um, our passion is for this program and uh, we're going to go to work every day to do it but you know, it's just kind of getting all those fine little details ready, um, getting the weight room all set up, moving stuff around, 
cleaning it up, making it all look brand new and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just putting a good, a great plan together for, for this team to succeed and have a great summer and head into higher ground and come out and attack and dominate the season. Now, have you gotten a chance to see uh, the monster factory down around the locker rooms at all, or catching up with him at all in passing? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're all on the, on the first floor there. His is just right down the hall and got to see him today for the first time. Um, so that was really cool to see him. And uh, I know he's, he's giddy and excited. I asked him, I said, what was it like, you know, walking back into your, into your room? He's like, Oh man, it's like a kid on Christmas day. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I know he's, he's doing what we're doing, you know, moving stuff, getting things cleaned up, getting it the way he likes to, um, you know, and of course, to, to his credit, within the first five minutes, we already started talking about, you know, do-it-yourself projects that he was doing or, you know, I thought of or was wanting to do. And so it's just great to have someone like that back in the building that you can bounce ideas off of and, uh, you know, just work and, you know, admire from from a distance. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the do-it-yourself stuff. Yeah. Like, just yeah. take me through the thought process of that from a, from a strength and conditioning coach where, like, this isn't made like I, I've got an idea, but this is like, did you talk to DeBlanco about rolling those cardboard <laughs> boxes? Like, how do you come up with and execute like a do it yourself project for, for these guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I think uh, the biggest thing is creativity, you know, and uh, that's always been a huge uh, reason for my success as a strength coach um, ever I've ever been. I was, you know, the creative guy. And, you know, I just kind of think that's just who I am inside. I, I'm looking for the newest um, and, you know, hippest and coolest, you know, ways to do things that are also functional and, you know, mean something to the game of football and translate to the field. But also, you know, what really gets the guys going? What's really going to benefit them? And a lot of times with those do-it-yourself projects, I mean, you know, in, in the world of strength conditioning, stuff is very expensive. And you only, you know, you, you have a limited budget and limited resources and you can use that as an excuse or you can find ways to make it happen, whether it's, you know, uh, going to a junkyard and finding some things, um, you know, going on Craigslist or, you know, anything that's out there for sale. I have been to every single played against sports in the tri city area. Some of them know me by, by name now, because I just love popping in there and seeing if they got some random, you know, bar attachments or, um, you know, some extra, um, you know, speed and agility stuff that we can use that, you know, I don't have to mass order, but it's, uh, it really is. It's just all about using your mind, seeing things that, you know, people are doing or something that's out there for sale, but you might not have it in the budget. And then, you know, just finding that way to make it work for you and, you know, making it work for the program. And then your staff are the guinea pigs. Is that kind of the next step after you build it, the, the DIY project? Yeah. I mean, I always have to test out every new toy it's kind of like, you know, it's just my little personal thing. So any new piece of equipment that we get, any used piece, uh, whatever it is, I got, I got to be the first one to try it out just because, you know, if, if, if I was the one that wanted it and thought of it to benefit our players, I'm going to make sure it's exactly what I want. And if not, we're not going to use it. I'll send it back. And then no doubt the boys, uh, my staff and the interns, they'll, they'll take a little run through it. <laughs> now, as things kind of, died down in the wake of the pandemic as far as uh, the just the mass spreading and all of that and you know we got to see fans at the spring game which was great to see but how much is it going to mean to the program as you see on june 2nd you know the 
Great American Ballpark opening up to full capacity. So we have to think that Nippert and eventually Fifth Third are, are going to be the same and, and following suit to a full capacity uh, stadium and arena. So how much does that mean to the program right now? And how much are the guys talking about that? I mean, it means everything. I, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't because, again, these kids, they know how special Nippert is. They know how special any stadium that you're at where there's a bunch of fans, whether they're for you or against you, it makes the game so much better. And last year, it was tough. You know, it was tough. But you know what? I think, it. you know, again, just a testament to the guys in the locker room, the culture that those guys had. They, they played for one another. They fed off one another just like they do in a normal packed house stadium. But, I mean, let's face it, man, we'd be lying if we said on third down, you hear that little music, you're not going to get a little extra pep in your step and you make a big play and the band goes crazy and the student section is going nuts and all that. Um, it is. It's exciting. I'm going to keep, you know, I mean, it was just the other day when Great American Ballpark said they were going to be full capacity. That was, I sent a tweet out. I said full, full capacity at NIP. I mean, we're going to keep speaking it into existence, and I know it's the plan, and um, the kids deserve it. They work their butts off day in, day out, and uh, I can't wait. I mean, I, I again, I always reference that Tulsa game. They could say there was 10,000, 12,000. They could say there was 2,000 there. It felt like a packed house. It was awesome. So I can't wait for the for the pack stands again. I can't wait to see the energy that it provides because obviously we got an un, an, an unbelievable team, and uh, it's only going to make things. How mu- how much do you think that played into the decision on a couple guys to come back that that they didn't get that season in in the nip? Uh, you know, I think it, it definitely plays into everything that you know those guys made their decisions on. Um. I mean, again, look at a lot of those guys. They're hometown guys. You know, they're in the uh, the 300 mile radius that we, you know, value our whole recruiting on. And you know, they know how special this place is. They know how um, unbelievable the memories that they've made here in the past with the packed houses and all those stuff. And you know what? They they want more because again, we're one of three programs in the country that have 20 straight wins at home. So we do what we're supposed to. You know, who knows what could happen? But um, that was our goal when we got here. We wanted to make this place, you know, one of the most toughest environments to play. No doubt when you step on the field, you're going to get the toughest team, but you're also going to have the most rowdiest and craziest fans in the country. Now you brought up that, that Tulsa game and you, you know, you also brought up Twitter. So one of the things I caught on Twitter this week was a ring that looked like it belonged to Luke Fickle. So did you have a chance to check out the new hardware that was on Twitter and do you have any idea when uh, those might be showing up? Oh, yeah. We, we got those uh, last week. Okay. So definitely, you know, of all my years and places I've been, definitely probably the coolest and most badass ring I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, again, that what a, what a special year it was. What a crazy year. And, again, we did what we wanted to do. We didn't finish exactly what we wanted, you know, and that's a big motivation for us. But uh, such, a, such an unbelievable gift for the guys. A, a huge reward that they earned. And, uh, you know, again, that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to w- win multiple rings next year. I just didn't know if they were going to have like a special ceremony or anything for presentation or. Yeah. I mean, we had our own little, you know, kind of, kind of deal that we did, but um, you know, it was, it was cool. It was special. And uh, I think what was uh, probably even cooler than that, because you talked about it, the little Twitter video was uh, the way that video started off. Did anybody catch what, what Fix said there? No. Who wants to smoke? Nobody remembers that. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that you say it, yes, I do remember the, him saying that. 
There's, How, there's, did that there's, make it round? That had to have made it bulletin board material type ordeal. I mean, we all saw it. The first, you know, the first cancellation of the game, mm-hmm. you know, putting stuff out there. And, you know, of course, we'll put it up in the locker room. The guys had it up in their lockers. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's been so many times throughout our years here where, you know, you, you look for – I always look forward to those pregame talks from Thick and, you know, what he says at halftime and all that stuff because it fires my ass up. I know it gets the boys going. But that was easily probably one of the the most – unreal moments i'll ever remember when he said that because it was like all of our guys eyes lit up and they were like oh shit like (laughs) (laughs) gosh i love it well you you keep mentioning the guys let's let's talk about the guys a little bit now on the last show that we had we mentioned you know the nfl draft kind of went went in depth of the four players that got picked and the other four that were uh signed undrafted free agents now all these mock drafts for next year we also kind of touched on that but i want it to be story time brady we need that. story time with Brady. I'm going to give you the, the four names that are really bouncing around the top two, you know, rounds of the mock draft. Just give me kind of the first time that you maybe saw them and you said, okay, that guy, that guy's got a future playing football for a long time. And I'm going to start with, with Josh Wiley. His name has been popping up on quite a few and obviously he's not a senior or whatnot, but still Josh Wiley is a big name to watch out for. Yeah. Um, you know, Josh showed incredible, you know, just grit and toughness and strain and exactly what we pride ourselves on here at the University of Cincinnati from his early days in the weight room before he even stepped foot on the football field. So that was a huge, you know, kind of precursor because, you know, again, yeah, even if you're really good in the weight room, it doesn't mean you're going to be great on the football field, but it wasn't about the weight that he was doing. It was the way he attacked things, the way he trained, the way he pushed one another and generally just had love. Uh, for his brothers. Um, but I'd have to say it was definitely Josh's first camp at higher ground. Um, you know, I mean, he was making some ridiculous catches and, you know, just really doing some crazy things that, you know, you haven't seen before. And then uh, obviously he got hurt at camp when he made an unbelievable one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone and fell down and did his collarbone deal. But uh, I would say for him, yeah, I mean, that the, the camp really kind of brought it up to life, but he kind of saw it in the weight room early. Next, my Jay Sanders. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, definitely his first month just because, you know, he got to us late. He got to us, you know, a couple weeks right before training camp. So he came in 208 pounds, just long and skinny and just, you know, such a good kid. Just, you know, wanted to work his ass off and just do everything he could. I mean, you, you tell him do this, he'd do it. 10 times as hard as you could, you could possibly even think of. Um, but then, uh, I mean, again, I, I've said this multiple times. I don't think people realize you go back to 2018, the game at UCLA, which really set us up for this whole, you know, program that we're on right now. Um, he was running down on starting kickoff. Okay. So wow. a DM came in at 208. He was about 230 at that time. He was running down on kickoff. And I mean, it was awesome because again, he's, we all know he's a high motor guy, just unbelievable leader, all those things. And, um, but that, I mean, I, I knew it again from his first month. Ahmad sauce Gardner. <laughs> Ahmad little insight for, you You know, Ahmad's changing his number boys. Really? Yes. What? What? We'll, let him, we'll, we'll let him, we'll let him, you know, disperse. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, let's is see. This, is this because of the NFL rule change? <laughs> no, I don't. Think so. 
Um, I, you know, I think, uh, probably, probably training camp or not. Yeah. Training camp at higher ground, just starting to see him, you know, just his length would really show up and his instincts. And, um, again, he's a guy that plays really hard, has a high motor. So I think for him seeing that in, in training camp, I was like, okay, we, we got a little something here, but you know, no doubt, probably what sticks out the most is that UCF game. Um, I mean, that was definitely his coming out party and all that stuff. So, um, but again, he's a guy, he showed some stuff early on as well. Last but not least, uh, he was just recently named male athlete of the year at Cincinnati. Right. None other than QB one Desmond Ritter. And, uh, you know, people could say I'm crazy or that I'm just trying to, you know, love him up even more. I knew from day one, Des was going to be a rock star. And again, when he came in that freshman class, when you first get to us, you know, your day one's all evaluation and testing and all that stuff. And then we just slowly start teaching you and integrating and, you know, just get you caught up on all the things that we do. And then we'll, you know, in, increase intensity slowly, but day one, just his leadership stuck out. I mean, we did a little finisher with him, you know, just kind of teaching and all that stuff. And he was louder than I was. He was getting the boys going, him, Will Huber, Kobe Bryant, Derek Forrest, all those guys. But Dez just stuck out so much. And it was cool because, you know, like we always say, eyes are always going to be on the quarterback, no matter what. And to come in with that charisma, that leadership, that passion, it was huge. I know this is probably more for Luke, but what was that decision like that to, to keep Dez in the class? Because he, he wasn't heralded. He wasn't a, a big-name recruit. He wasn't somebody you guys brought in the fold. Uh, to my knowledge, he wasn't somebody that you guys really had any ties to um, on the, the new staff. What was it about him, like, when you guys got here that, that you got to know Des and thought, yeah, the, the, we're, we're sticking with this guy? I think probably first and foremost, it's just a testament to who to Coach is. You know, he's a guy that's not just going to – you know, when we got here, was going to be like, all right, screw all these guys. I don't know them. Uh, we didn't recruit them because he even said it, you know, he, he and we chose them. You know what I mean? Like they didn't choose us. They, if they could have went and hired any coach, would they have chose Coach Vic? Who knows? But so from the moment we stepped foot on campus, those were our guys. And they were, they committed to the University of Cincinnati. Sure, that might have been a different, you know, staff that recruited them. Um, you know, I, I'm sure – Coach and, you know, the other coaches got to know Des. And, you know, when you look at where he comes from, he comes from a great high school, um, St. X in Louisville. I mean, that's a well-known powerhouse football program. So, um, you know, I guess it would probably be a little mix of all that because, you know, once you sit down and actually talk to Des, whether it was freshman Des or who he is now, it's the same thing. You're going to get just unbelievable reviews. Piggybacking off that, I believe he was a Zach Taylor guy. And have you ever, like with Zach Taylor being local, have you ever had a chance to pick his brain a little bit on what he saw in, in Des back in high school? No, I've never personally, you know, tried to pick his mind on what he saw and all that stuff. But um, obviously we thank him because, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's here. But again, it's and just – go ahead. I, I've told that story many times. So it was Zach's first year here. It was April. And coaches were allowed on the road then. Um, and, and it was his, you know, Tubbs had tasked him with going out and finding his quarterback recruit for that class, the 2000, I guess it would have been the 2017 class. Yep. 
Um, so Zach goes out and there were three or four, like pretty highly rated kids that were on his list of kids to watch. And he goes out and he's gone for like two, two and a half weeks. He comes back and I give him a call and, you know, we're talking and I'm like, so, so who's your guy? Desmond Ritter. Look it up. You know, only other offer Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Didn't have any interest from Louisville or Kentucky or Indiana or any of those schools down there. And it was like, really? He's like, yeah, I went, I watched his kid throw. I watched his athleticism. I watched his leadership. I watched how his guys at St. X were like height to, to be out there, giving him this opportunity, catching balls for him. Uh, the way the guys responded to him. He was like, I, I knew right then, you know, I didn't need to see any other guys. This was the guy that we were going to go after. And that takes some balls. Oh, yeah. To, to take a look at a kid and, and nobody else sees it, but you see it. Uh, you, you take a lot of heat in this business, Brady, if, 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 if it goes wrong, for sure. But especially like in the moment. Oh, great. This is our quarterback. We're going a two-star kid out of Kentucky that that runs uh, an option system. That's who we're, you know. And he took a lot of heat for it, but Zach got it right. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, again, I, I I'd be lying if I said we weren't we weren't thankful and appreciative for that. <laughs> but, I heard you know. I, I heard a month into Des being here, the same thing that you're talking about, where guys just gravitated to him. Yeah. And and I know there was talk that that his initial freshman year, if there if there would have been the four game you can play and still redshirt rule, Des would have played four games because you guys were that sure that he had what it took to be your quarterback of the future. And that's also why Luke had no problem. Redshirt freshman, third series of the season. Yep. Get out there, kid. Get out there and never look back. And that's what he did. Never look back, man. It was. It was uh you know, it's funny because you can always say it's funny how life, you know, works out and certain things happen to certain people, all that stuff. You can say that, but it's all a testament to hard work. Nothing beats it, you know. Talent's always going to be there. There's no substitute for hard work, daily grind. But really, it, it's everything you just said, the, the love, the passion, um, the leadership, all those things that he has, not only for this program, but for the university and the game of football itself. And, um, again, yeah, we're – we're stoked to tell that that all worked out for us. And, uh, you know, and in hindsight, I think Zach Taylor found himself another good quarterback. It, it's so wild, though, the whole, like, Burrow was coming. Yeah. He, he, he told us, I mean, he's talked about, he told you guys he was coming. Orgeron oh, yeah. wouldn't take no for an answer. And, they, they, like, like, a, like an outside-the-line special on what really went down in Baton Rouge, because that was <laughs> It is again. Again, I mean, going down the bayou. That's right. Look, I mean, look at the, you know, the 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 what ifs, and you know, we never play that. But you know, what if Joe Burrow didn't go to Louisiana and did came here? Like, okay, well, what what would that have done to Des? He he only would have learned even more, or who knows? Maybe he would have pushed himself and beat out Joe, and Joe wouldn't have been able to do what he did. So it's one of those crazy things, man. I think both guys ended up in the best situation for themselves, and. uh you know, it is. It, that was a crazy time. That that could have been a possibility, but shit, man, it all worked out great. <laughs> Everybody, it's one of the rare times 
something like that happens and literally everybody won. Yeah. Much. Pretty much. <laughs> now you brought up a uh, Derek Forrest and I can't help but think about the fact that they all just went through their mini camps. So have you heard from any of the guys since they went through mini camps or of course he's heard from Derek. That's his son. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I was actually texting uh, Corey big country today. It was his birthday. So I was catching up with them, but uh, yeah, you know, those guys getting uh, through their first rookie mini camp, which is huge. And uh, you know, I've heard nothing but great things about all of them and their progressions and, you know, just the way they're carrying themselves and representing, you know, our program and their families and all that. So um, really excited. Can't wait for this season for those guys. And, you know, I'm just, uh, I mean, I, I'd be lying. I'm giddy that all those guys are where they are and um, just can't wait. Can't wait to keep watching their development. Well, three down in Arizona alone. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I saw a little Twitter picture of Bruno. He looked good. I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I got to text him and I'll be like, Hey, you better work on that tan out there. He looked a little white, <laughs> but now he, he looked strong though. He did. Bruno but, uh, was a strong guy. He was, I mean, just great kid. Canadian. Love him. <laughs> do you, uh, do you sense kind of a different, I don't know, maybe feel around the team when they do see four players get drafted, you know, is, is it kind of like, okay, we can do it, do this from Cincinnati. We saw our brothers just get picked. We can be that, that next one getting drafted. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I think they know that from day one, you know, because again, I think I've said it before, you, if you're good and you do what you're supposed to do, you put good product on film. You, you, you're going to have a shot and, and you, you do everything else. Right. Um, Coach Fix showed a great um, video clip of, you know, Nick Saban speaking about, are you an and or a butt guy? And that was really cool and powerful for a lot of the guys to see, because, you know, when someone's asking you like they do the NFL, they'll, they'll ask everybody all types of questions. And if you start talking about someone and you say, well, he's got really great feet and he, you know, plays uh, man press really, really well. And he can do this really, really well. And, 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 but he failed to drug test, but he has off the field issues, but he sometimes is a head case. Like, so, you know, again, it's, it's kind of cool to always educate them on that stuff. And obviously we got four guys that we can, you know, compare to right away. Um, but again, guys know there's a history here. I mean, obviously, you got Travis Kelsey, the most dominant tight end in all of football. Yeah. Uh, and we're building a, a tight end you here right now as we speak. And, um, you know, the guys know that, but I think we've just kind of elevated it. Uh, again, the boys in that locker room have done that. And, again, that's that's what we set to do here when we got here. Aaron, do we have some uh, some mailbag questions for Brady, I think? I think we were on the same exact page as I was starting to look in there myself. Um, so there were, there were definitely a, a lot of people asking about nutrition questions this week, believe it or not. I think there were probably like a good three or four nutrition questions. You are our dietitian, Brady. You, you <laughs> know that. As Chad talks about steak hoagies and everything else this week. <laughs> um, but there was, there was one that came up kind of asking about, uh, if you, like what, what's the hardest thing that you have to do to break kids out of when you are talking about a, a diet program for, uh, for your guys and like, what kind of stuff are you pushing? I mean, of course it probably varies based on, I would assume anyway, based on the, uh, the position group, but, 
Um, what kind of stuff are you pushing on the guys to, whether it's bulk up or lean out or those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, I think the first the first thing that you really think about is just, you know, again, we've all been in college. Um, how many of us really truly ate breakfast, whether you were a collegiate student athlete or not? You know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of kids, they just, they don't eat right when they get up or they don't hydrate correctly. They don't, you know, uh, have snacks in between meals. They might just eat three big meals a day, which, I mean, I remember when I was, I probably ate two big meals a day. It was lunch and dinner. Like, so it's all about really, it's a daily educational reminder. Um, Cause again, to do what we do inside the weight room and then to perform really well on the practice field. And then ultimately on game day, none of it matters if you're not taking care of your body. If you're not putting the right food in, if you're not hydrating, if you're not recovering, if you're not getting rest, if you're not getting the proper sleep that you need. And, you know, when it comes to certain individuals, it's all about their body type, their genetic makeup, because, you know, I say this all the time in recruiting and just even with our guys, like, you know, I mean, and I've said it before, but Des is a great example. Des got to us. He was six foot one, you know, 176 pounds soaking wet. And then all of a sudden he grows to six, four. Okay, well, it's, I, I wish it was because of the stuff we did in the weight room and all that it's stuff. Not? Yeah, it's not. I wish. <laughs> it's the but, chicken, right? Chicken GMOs? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, <laughs> you know, God has blessed every single one of these young men with unbelievable talents. And it's our jobs to maximize that genetic talent. So, you know, again, you look at a guy like Maje that when he got to us, he was so long. And, you know, he's 6'4". And you just look at his his shoulders and they're wide and, you know, his hips aren't as wide, but, you know, I've seen so many body types like that. And it was like, okay, how much could he be? And you're like, I think the sky's the limit. Like once he starts training and eating, because again, the biggest thing that happens with these kids is our workouts. They're going to force you to eat because you're going to be so hungry and thirsty and all that stuff. Like you're going to just naturally start eating more anyways. But it's, again, it's all about educating. Um, and again, it's it, the biggest thing is their genetic makeup because, you know, you get a certain individual and all of a sudden you want to try to put on 20 pounds. Well, you could do that by eating the wrong shit and making their body even worse and putting them, you know, in a, at a greater risk of injury and all that stuff. Or you can really strip it down, you know, find find out, you know, what their true body and, you know, nutritional intake should be and caloric intake for everything across the board. And then you can really devise a plan that's going to set them up to put on the lean mass. That's really going to help develop them into the better football player that they want to be. Now, is there any type of crossover where you're asked by the university to help educate in just general nutrition or where you're just stepping into any classroom setting or anything like that? No, definitely not. No, that's uh, that would be something I don't think I would one enjoy or have the time for. Um, they got professors and registered dietitians and all that stuff for that. So but uh, but I would always happily do it if it was the class for our for our boys. I would do that for sure. And for BCJ. Absolutely. Always. Always. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, so what intermittent fasting, that's, a, that's gotta be a big no in the uh, football <laughs> program, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't need any of that because like I said, you, if you got to work out at, you know, 10 AM and you're doing an intermittent fasting, maybe you stop eating at seven, you're not supposed to eat till 11. Eh, you're probably not going to get the best out of that workout. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you were pointing direction for just a layman to check out some places to better their nutrition, um, is there anywhere that you would tell somebody to start doing some research and homework as far as websites or 
you know, even lecturers or books or anything like that? Uh, like the normal human being? Yeah. Um, the members are asking you to <laughs> literally. They're, they're trying to take advantage of the out. fact that they have access to a guy. <laughs> um, I mean, man, I mean, it's so easy because there's so many things just right here at the base of your fingertips. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it can be phony and, you know, all about getting the, the marketing and the sales and all that stuff. Um, you know, for the normal, just everyday um, regular Joe, I mean, that's kind of not out of my jurisdiction, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, health and wellness magazines are good. Uh, if you're a male, obviously men's nutrition um, I think sometimes they got some good stuff in there, but, uh, again, a lot of that times what's on the cover, a ripped up young guy, probably definitely taking something that's not legal. Um, and again, it's going to be the newest bad diet or the newest, right. this. that's the biggest misconception, you know, with nutrition and diets and just all those things is tomorrow there's going to be something new. And then the next day there's going to be something new. And these 20 people or these 50 people are going to say, man, it was awesome, man. It wasn't, man. It wasn't. Here's the thing. I think the biggest thing to living right, to feeling better, to having a healthier lifestyle is one is just finding a way to be physically active, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's, you know, having a hobby or, you know, trying to do some type of calisthenic uh, body weight exercises in your own room. But Really, it's just getting active, getting getting in a routine. Your body's up, right? You get up at this time. You go to bed at this time. Um, you know, you kind of start to look at the way you eat and, you know, how it makes you feel throughout the day. Or, you know, maybe you're sluggish in the morning or sluggish at night. And, you know, just kind of take a, take a personal look at, you know, what it is that you eat, what it is that you don't eat. Um, you know, what are your go-tos? If you're a big coffee drinker, which I'm a big coffee drinker in the morning. But just recently, I switched my afternoon coffee to a tea. And, oh. And then I have a tea at night with my wife. And, you know, maybe it's mental. Maybe it's all. But I have I feel great. Like, past, what like, kind of tea? Yeah. Is it sleepy time tea? Earl no, Grey? So, so post-lunch, I will make my own version of the Starbucks Medicine Ball Shot Tea. Okay. Buy the two flavored uh, tea bags. Put a little honey in there, a little lemon juice. It's mm. delicious. Um, and then at night, my wife and I, we have a little decaffeinated green tea with, uh, again, I'll put a little honey in there and then we'll, we'll cut up a nice slice of lemon and we'll cool. put it in. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great research out there on tea and all that stuff. I mean, I never really got into it much, but just recently I have. And, uh, again, I think a lot of that stuff is trial and error and how it makes you feel. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, like I said, with all those fad diets, this and that, I mean, generally what makes you feel good and, you know, throughout the day and in a routine and all that. So I think that's, what's most important because you don't have to lift heavy weights or do all these things to have a, a healthy lifestyle. It's, I think it's one being, you know, physically active, but two being mentally in a good place and, you know, just appreciating and enjoying life because it's so special. And uh, I'm going to go back to one of my favorite sayings in college. Everybody dies, but some mm. people never live. So you got to, gotta appreciate it there's a gem <laughs> so yeah. so brady you, yeah. you mentioned fad diets and phony diets what what's kind of been your favorite one that you've seen that you think is just absolutely hilarious and probably would never work 
Oh man! If you could remember. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this: in there, uh, the boys and I we were talking about it the other day. Uh, the guy that drank nothing but beer. Okay. Did you guys see that? And he lost. Yeah. Yes. Lost. Did he? Yes. And uh, this is crap. I've been trying this diet for ages. <laughs> but you like food. This guy ain't yeah. no food. Is no. this? Is this the new BCJ diet? And then we hit <laughs> the weight room with you. I, I mean, shoot. Is. I think that might be the way to go. <laughs> that yeah. uh, uh, that was just the most recent one that sticks in my head. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think again, if if there's any athlete out there and they're trying to go, you know, no carb diet, like best of luck to you, buddy. Like <laughs> carbohydrates are essential to energy and production, and when your body's broken down, it's going to feed off those carbohydrates. So, um, you know, I think those are the gimmicks and all that stuff, and you'll get a muscle bounded dude talking to you and I no carbs. And I always think of the stepbrothers. Remember when he's in the treehouse, waxes the babies with keels for four hours every day. <laughs> yes. Carbs since four. <laughs> I love when he punches them too. I know. <laughs> That's so great. Derek, Derek is such an underrated character. <laughs> so uh another question that came up uh because I, I think we we hit pretty much everything in regards to uh, to nutrition, uh, but they were talking about with the guys who went to the NFL. Do they bring any of your workouts with them? Or are they going to have just a whole new routine when they get to the NFL? And then uh, how different is your program from like a standard NFL program? Of course, everybody tweaks you know little things here and there. I would assume, but just how different do you think yours is compared to a standard NFL program? Uh, I think if you just look at like the basics of what we do, I don't think it's much different. Um, Cause again, I've always said it. I mean, to be strong, to be healthy, to be fast, to be a really great football player, any athlete, as long as you push, you pull, you squat, uh, you sprint, like there's, you can't mess it up and you're doing it with great technique and you're not overloading the weight and having bad form and all that stuff. But uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities probably within, you know, a bunch of different places and what we do here, but obviously a biggest thing that stands out is time. Um, obviously at the pro level, everything is really regimented on time and, you know, with all the rules that they have. And um, I mean, they even have like cameras in the weight room to make sure guys aren't in there extra or coaches are doing too much and all that stuff. But um, you know, Marquise Copeland was with us for the past couple of weeks and he would come in and work out and, you know, some days he would be like, Hey, give me, give me some of the old stuff. And, you know, we'd give it to him and he loved it and he'd thrive off it. Um, and then there'd be some days where you kind of do a little different stuff because, you know, he's an older guy, he's a veteran, he's in the league. And, um, you know, so you're going to kind of do some different stuff with him. But um, I think, uh, I think when anytime a guy comes back when they're at the next level and they want to work out, they always ask for, you know, the old, the old ways. So, I think uh, it's just like a part of them. They love it. And again, like, you know, during uh, the, the draft prep training, you know, Wiggins and Defoe would always tell me, they said, man, these guys think these workouts are hard. We're over there laughing at him. Like, man, this shit ain't nothing. Like <laughs> they're doing like, you know, a push up finisher and Defoe and Wiggins are like crushing it. And the guys are like, man, what the heck do you guys do? And like, this is like warm up. Like <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect. I, it, Aaron, are we kind of done with the mailbag? Because I got a, I got a question that'll kind of lead us into the end. 
there, I mean, there was one, but we can ask it later on when we do our 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 own, and then the other. Yeah, we're we're, we're about wrapped okay. up. Okay, so so Brady, this is this is because I believe we might have a bit of a hiatus and, and and bring you back from here and there. I you know so so this has to be the main question. Okay. Next Monday, you guys are back. Yes. By the end of next week, what do you think needs to sort of happen, or what do you kind of need to see with the team back? That will then all of a sudden make you think in your mind, yep, this these guys did exactly what they needed during the break. This is going to be a special season. What what do you think during that that one week back would you visually see that you're like, wow, we have dominated. This team's ready. Uh, I would say just the continued attention to detail and the importance um, on the little things. Because, again, you know, coach says it all the time to go from really good to great. Yeah. It's hard as shit, but it's all about the little things. And uh, that's what I want to say. And again, it's so hard sometimes because, you know, our, our dudes of dudes, they're the same day in and day out and they give you everything. They're unreal. They do everything right. Um, they lead, they train hard, they push others. And, you know, there's not much more that you're asking of them to do selfishly you want that to impact everybody in the room whether they're a freshman a sophomore a walk-on a scholarship none of that matters um so that that's what i would say to me is just you know that and uh you know again i can sense it i i sensed it you know before our break and all that stuff it's just that you know it, it the it's time you know like all right we got this nice summer little deal here we know what we're about to do um you know and again just just understanding what's ahead of us, um, what we want to do, and then all the work that needs to be put in to do it, which I think our guys thrive off on. Um, again, but I think it's just – it's that attention to detail, that locked in, that laser-sharp focus. I love it. Aaron, Chad, anything else? I, I've got a guest tomorrow. I'm in for Mo Egger tomorrow, 3 to 6. There you go. Uh, I locked up a guest while we've been doing this podcast for three fifteen tomorrow. Nice. His uh, his name's Luke. Ooh. Oh, you go. you, you got any go. questions? You got any questions I should ask him? Any any good stuff I should Ooh. I should hit him with tomorrow? Pull the curtain back. Ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> Luke see. Brady want, Brady wanted me to ask you. <laughs> um, no, because I see him no. every day. I know that's where the good stuff comes from. I don't see him every day. Oh, here you go. Ask him, be like, I've heard, or there's been talk around town that you are feeling uh, much healthier and your joints feel better and all that stuff. What is special smoothie that you drink every day that coach Brady makes for you? <laughs> well, gosh, now you got to tell all of us. I, that, that sounds phenomenal. You got to turn it. You got to tune in Brent. Find your I, FM tuner. I, I think so. I'm going to put it out there. And if I'm speaking, you can edit it out. But you know what? I feel like you should be on the radio all the time, Chad. Ooh. Um, I, think is, you, I think you do a really good job. I really do. I, I'm not trying to, like, tote your horn and brown nose all that. I, I, I enjoy listening to you guys. I enjoy listening to Mo. Um, I love listening to Tony, too. But, like, I think you just bring – I love the music that you play when you're on. It's that, that's Taryn. The, the, oh. the beauty of that is Taryn and I are both like hip hop, like hardcore, like hip hop heads. Yes. So Taryn takes it as a challenge 
to really up his his bumper music game when I'm in the chair. There we go. Because I mean, there are times I don't want to start the segment. Yeah, I just want to listen to the song. I agree. And you, I you've thanked some before. <laughs> right. I've gone like through an entire first verse into a second verse before I've started talking. I'm like, ooh, this is good. Let's get yeah. this for a few minutes. Especially like that that five o'clock to six o'clock hour when yep. people are in their cars driving home. Yep. I imagine people in their cars are doing the same thing I'm doing. Like, don't talk, you idiot. This song yep. is awesome. Yeah. So I, I feel it's my responsibility to the listener at some of those points to just like not say anything and enjoy a little bit of music. I think and, the last Ron, you had an outcast song that went a good minute. And I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Brady. I like it is what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted I've from I've got a, a an old home video of me at like seven years old, six, seven years old. I was at my aunt and uncle's house for like their uh, wedding anniversary. Yeah. And I went around with the tape recorder and just interviewing the guests. Yeah. And like that, that, that's who I am. But, but right now I love doing the fill-in stuff, the full-time yeah. stuff. If I had to do the full-time stuff, I wouldn't get to come to practice all the time. I wouldn't get to like, yeah. Once things get back to normal, I, the thing I've missed most from this is not being in the lender center, man, not being yeah. able to be at basketball practice and football practice and to pop down into the weight room and chat with you and like or higher, stop ground. In, higher ground, stop in on the sixth and seventh floor. If I'm there for a day um, like that stuff, I don't know that the if the opportunity came up for me to go to full-time in radio, I don't know that I would do it right now because I love this. Yeah. So much, so Spe much. Speaking of that, let's, let's mark our calendars. I might get ahead of cause on this one, but that's fine. July 2nd, leave your mornings open boys. July 2nd, July 2nd, leave it open. All right. 5 a.m. 6 a.m. No, no. Okay. Uh, maybe like 7:45. Okay. I can well, do 7:45. Yeah, that's a Friday. And you'll you'll get a you'll get a, a, a great smoothie out of it. Ooh, I the, <laughs> I I have had that's the 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 squat fest post squat right. fest smoothie before. It and is delicious. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had Chad all twisted up in his words, and he doesn't very often get all twisted his, up his, in his, his words. Mouth, his mouth is watering. I can visually. <laughs> I mean, here's 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 what I'm thinking: a a live podcast during Squat Fest. Wow, I was actually out. So Brady, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you for this at some point in time as well. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter or not. I'm starting a YouTube. I've started a YouTube channel. Oh, nice. That I'm going to with my ten year old daughter be going around town and doing food reviews at like mom and pop small places that's a great idea is it and is it bar, uh, barstool-esque are you gonna no no it's gonna be my own my own kind of spin on things um i don't know that i've seen any 10 year olds uh in the barstool uh world <laughs> uh, did, uh, i've seen spinoffs he did have a yeah. pizza girl that, that did a spinoff thing yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, 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 am going to start something. And, and one of these times you and I are going to go do like a taco Tuesday well, somewhere know, around town. The last, the last, uh, pot I listened to the one with the Anthony DeFino, 
Um, you, you uh, Latoya Loco. Loco. I've oh. never been. Oh, so I looked, dude. I looked it up and just the pictures, I showed my staff and said, guys, I know where I'm taking you the next time we go get lunch. Hey, so, baby. you know who you asked, right? Aaron I've Himmler. Got, I've got Himmler addicted. Like that place sells crack. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do it. I got to do went, it. He went once. And he like he went he hit me up. I was at I was my first AAU event I was at, which was like three weeks ago. He hit me up and he's like, "I'm going. What should I get?" Like I I filled him in, set him up. He's gone like four times since then. He can't stop going to La Tortoloca. I, I know where I know where I would uh, suggest we go. Okay, it's a it's a spot that I've taken my staff to uh, two times, and it's kind of west side, but not too far west side. It's called St. Bernard's Pub. I got so excited you were going to say Sebastian's. It's delicious. I mean, I'm sure that place is good, too. Again, I haven't been there, but it is delicious. St. Bernard's Pub? St. Bernard's Pub. What do they have I, They got everything from Bill Drone burgers. Um, they got Rubens. They got, you know, hot, cold sandwiches. They got these waffle fries that are unbelievable. The pickle chips are unbelievable. Pretzel bites. Um it's just a cool little place, man. It's it is. It's good. I want to see if there's anybody on your staff that can eat a torta, a, uh, a whole one. Have you seen Coach Higgin? Have you seen the size of those tortas? I'm telling you right now, I guarantee he could eat three of them. <laughs> I bet you a thousand dollars he couldn't eat three of them. Okay, get you, me, and him together. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll make that bet. And all proceeds Higgins family. <laughs> they are, they're like five pounds. I mean, I can only eat a half of one. Let's put it like this. When you put a bet like that in front of Higgs, he's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would be remorse. So a Christmas party in 2019, the staff Christmas party. Um, I forget where we were, somewhere Mount, Mount Auburn or something like that up on the hill. And uh, Thick and I were outside. And Higgins was out there and, uh, you know, it was like, you know, a steep hill down to another street or something. And he was like, Hey Higgins, he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. If you run down there and touch that car and run back up in five minutes. <laughs> and Higgins was like, no, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I will. And he did it. And it was mainly because I think coach Vick enjoyed seeing him struggle of running down a hill. That was very, very steep. <laughs> yeah. And then running no. back. But it, it's, it's so good. And the tortas are gigantic, gigantic. So it's it's like eight minutes from my house. So when you guys go there, you need to text me and I'll meet you. It's the crazy sandwich. It's where we got to eat it. It's it's great. And everything, like the tacos. Aaron Hemler says the guacamole is the best guacamole he's ever had if you're a guacamole guy. Oh, man, I am. I am. That does sound really, really good. And you, I mean, all you have to do is tell Hemler at this point that you're going there. And he yeah. might hide. He might hide in your trunk. That's true. That's very. He might. <laughs> well, I, think, I think that's a great idea. You're doing that, and then uh, I mean, remember Wiley and the boys had a little something like that. They were yeah. doing pre-COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was pretty well, that, cool. I mean, I've kind of gotten into like the 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 local business thing with the the tip off and some of the yeah. other stuff we've done. And I, I mean, I'm big on like, you know, like if you find a local place that's good. You have to tell everybody you know so that that place stays open. Yep. Right? Like, it, it, especially now as things are coming back and getting back to normal, 
Like you have to do everything humanly possible to support those places. And I, I think it's, you know, I like to eat. I, I like the mom and pop places. You know, I, I have a thing when I'm out of town at AAU events, we'll be driving between gyms or whatever. And I'll see a small rundown place with a packed parking lot. Like that's it. Yeah. That's where the locals go. That's, that's where I need to be. You know, that's where we're going to eat today. So uh, it, it, it is definitely a passion of mine. I know you love good food too. So yes. there will be, there will be a Brady Collins episode. Brendel's bites is the name of it. You like, that's great. That's perfect. It just goes in with your uh, practice reports. It yeah. does. Those are Brendel's right. bites. Those are B Y T E S. Very true. This is B I T E S. Oh, see, there's... see, there's Two some synergy there. I love it. We'll play on. You know, you know what I also love when we texted back and forth today. You were like, "What are we going to talk about?" <laughs> and we're an hour in. We're still going. So Brady, never doubt that we can find Wait, Brady. You doubted us. I did not doubt, I never doubt you, but it was just like the timing. And I'm like, well, we're not really starting yet. And like, uh, you know, basketball has got a lot of juices going. What, what are we going to talk about? (laughs) But you know, we don't, we don't have to take a break. We can keep going every two weeks until camp. I'm fine. I'm fine too, because in two weeks we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, wait, no, again, any anytime we can get on here and just again talk about our program, talk about this special university. I don't care if if uh, if um, there's a thousand people listening or ten thousand. It, it's all that matters because the kids deserve it. This university deserves it, and no doubt it's a pleasure talking mm-hmm. with you. And in two weeks, you'll have a week worth of workouts to talk about. So absolutely, absolutely. There's the content. There's the content. That's a lot of. A lot of juice to talk about. I mean, we we squeezed this this orange off about as far as we could today, though. Huh? Pretty <laughs> solid. Got a good hour in. Well, so what is, is that the wrap up there, Chad? Are we saying? I mean, that's oh, up to y'all. I mean, I, I'm I don't have anything left. For I think it. we're I, I, th- I think we're saying. Uh, I plugged the new I plugged the new vlog. I, I mean, I I got what I wanted. I plugged Luke Fickle tomorrow at three fifteen. Yeah. Uh, on on you know Tuesday afternoon on ESPN fifteen thirty, uh, I've got all the things I needed to get out of this. Yeah, I I, I mean yeah, check check out check out my blog. Um, not chapterjournal <laughs> <laughs> but no. is your blog, Brent. Hit, hit up my MySpace. Hit up my MySpace. <laughs> are we moving into the top eight? <laughs> yes, you are on the verge. Brady's already in there. Brady's Brady's number two behind my mom. <laughs> Really happy to have you in there, but no, I. So the hiatus was canceled. Um, that that's awesome. That took place in under an hour. So uh, it looks like uh, biweekly Brady will uh, be continuing. I'm I'm extremely excited for that. So Aaron, Chad, if you don't have anything else for Brady yet again, always awesome for having you on. Thank you for your insight and uh, fun. And uh, you and Chad enjoy your guys' meals together. I'll stay here in Indianapolis and find my own little holes in the wall and. Who knows? Maybe we'll venture over one day. But aside from that, Brady, thanks. Thanks again, as always. Oh, absolutely, man. Again, always a pleasure. And again, in two weeks from now, does that time up with the opening of everything? Who knows? Maybe we could get together. Oh, wow. In person. Who knows? You know what? I, I was I was looking for vlog equipment tonight and I came across a um, a handheld 
podcast recorder that you can do podcasts like in person. Oh, there you go. Oh, with like high level, like professional audio quality. So right. might have to bite the bullet. Might have to bite the bullet. <laughs> you got to bank on Brendel's bites, B I T E S, really taking off. And then that investment will be paid for. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we could easily meet at the Holy Grail and sit outside of the table and record a podcast before Reds game. Like, we, wow. could. we could make that happen. During just, a Reds game, it might be quieter. <laughs> <laughs> Very That's true. why I said outside at the ground. <laughs> but, They're gonna, but, the organ music and all that stuff inside might be a little bit louder. They keep yeah. playing like they did tonight. It'll be fine. You can. It, it was terrible. Yeah. You can, it's, I've been, that's why I've had my camera off because I've got radio tomorrow. So I didn't want to be rude and be like, you know, facing in this direction the entire time, but it didn't matter. They sucked tonight. Yeah. Cause well, your, your facial expressions would have really probably made us be like, what is going on with Chad? Yeah. Right. Now? <laughs> right? You, you can use it. You want some more ammo for tomorrow say, Hey, uh, I heard we could do a, a podcast, a live podcast at your new barn that you have in your backyard. Coach Vic. Oh, Oh, <laughs> Ask him about the barn. What kind of livestock does he keep in this barn? I am it's made not of questions. Thinking of this barn has everything in it. It's got volleyball court, the basketball court, the weight room, batting cages. It's unreal. That's awesome. Well, well, with all those kids, it's like you got to exactly. be able to do something. <laughs> exactly. And it you know keeps it all in house for the colder weather. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a fun project they've been doing. Did he build three or four bedrooms to just like shift kids out there? <laughs> right. This is where you live now. Yeah. I think his house is plenty big enough that those kids are good. <laughs> well, yeah, it was the, the Fickles and the Freemans. There were 47 people living in his house. <laughs> and it's it true. Fine. At one time. That's true. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, that way though. They like all the chaos. That's why they got six kids. He'd say, he'd say, what'd you say, Landon? You have to go to the bathroom. Head of the barn. Head of the barn. <laughs> the outhouse. Go. Uh, he's not in the household eating all the food anymore he's down here with us good good eat, eating your brady. Food. good awesome brady no problem boys take care now all right, all right. we'll see, see you in two weeks see ya see ya well uh that's that's pleasure to my ears uh and we thought that was running out of steam no come on he would have stayed on with us for another 20 minutes uh for sure for Who's sure that? Add fuel to that fire, and Brady Collins will make that ablaze. It, it, it was fantastic. He's all hopped up on decaf green tea. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that'll be exciting to hear about, you know, next Monday, obviously, leading to, to what we are able to talk about the first day back for the team. So that'll be fun. But uh, actually, not next Monday, a week from next Monday. So Two weeks from uh, today. Two weeks from today. That's that's what bi-weekly means. Yeah, I see. I, I yeah, we'll get back on that. Indiana, <laughs> the hiatus threw me off. But anyway, that's, Indiana. Uh, that's about it for football. I think we covered pretty much every base we need to there. Uh, basketball. This is uh, it's been a it's been a little while, obviously a week since we've been able to dive into anything, and we got another commitment. So I Chad, I know on the BCJ pod, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit. But I think it is, uh, it's our due diligence to dive even further in to Odio Guama transfer from Wake Forest. And, I mean, the first thing you notice, someone posted the picture on BCJ. 
I mean, that man is, he's chiseled. He looked like, kind of like a, like, like the, the picture of Giannis attempted to Kumpo when, when he is just all yoked up. This looks like a, a man that's going to come in and, and really develop down low in the post and be a player that I, I can play the five and the four for, uh, for Wes Miller. Aaron, your, your initial thoughts when you saw Odie join into the fold. Well, his biceps look like grapefruits were injected into his arms, first and foremost. Um, When he flexes, it's good God. Uh, Second, though, he's fast. Like, he covers ground very quickly. And, of course, you know, maybe we're spoiled because the guys that we have had in those positions don't generally cover the ground at the same speed that Odie covers the ground. So that all said, this should be exciting, whether we're running him at the five and running small under him if he's playing the center or if he's, you know, running the four and, and we got the, it's not small. He, he's six, nine, 230 pounds. Like that is not yeah. playing small. That's at the a five. Big boy. <laughs> it's I not mean, a seven footer, but it's not playing small at the five. By no, no. I, but I think given the rest of our roster, you understand what I'm saying by comparison. No. <laughs> I don't. He's a, come on. I mean, we've Cobalt's been running what? Six, 10. Odie's six, nine. We, We've been running Chris Vote out there though at the five, and that's been entirely different. And everybody's bitched for two years. I'm and not saying there's anything wrong with this. You you're correct. I'm just saying it's not necessarily like a six seven center is running small. A six nine two hundred and thirty five pounder is not exactly a, a tiny man. It should be fun to watch. It reminds me very much of like, mm-hmm. do you guys remember the arcade game Run and Gun? Yeah. Because I feel like that's what this is going to emulate. It was my favorite arcade game I think ever. <laughs> Okay, run and gun. I'm. I. I, have not heard I think. It. You know. I think my favorite. I'm. A, I'm a, I, 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 this goes back to being a kid. Is that the hottest I, of takes? That it, that's the game. Like I don't feel like anybody I was, would say that's the game. I was a spy hunter guy. Ooh. What's what's spy hunter? So you were like you were in a car and the car had all these like James Bond gadgets and you had to take out like mobsters. And you had like an oil slick and you had machine guns and all like it was a it was a driving game. And they used to have it at a substation in Florence, Kentucky. And I would make my dad go there so I could play Spy Hunter like three, four times a week. Well, there you go. But I feel like you only get like I feel like you'd only get like 90 seconds on games like that. And then you got to feed it another quarter just to keep Unless, playing. Yeah. If you sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I feel like you had to just keep throwing quarters in there. <laughs> well, hopefully your pockets are full of the quarters and you can go back and play even more now, Aaron. There we go. But, but give it give me some I know there's got there's got a lot of guys my age and similar age on Bearcat Journal. Give me some love for Spy Hunter. Spy Hunter. That, that, that was a that was a fun game. Or if I could find it, I would buy it and put it in my like office right now. Or run and gun. I don't feel like anybody remembers it. Running I mean, run and gun was like is that a basketball game? It got, yeah, it got yeah. dwarfed by NBA Jam because NBA Jam was all that they had actual players. Run and gun was the in between the Nintendo game crap. What NBA Jam uh, and no um NBA Jam the, Michael the, Jordan the... versus Larry Bird? No, there was a that was on Sega, I think. Oh god, what is the Nintendo basketball game that I'm thinking of? I don't know, uh-huh. but we can't just keep it quiet here. Yes, right. I mean, well, then you guys talk while I type I was, in. Uh, so as, I, 
Brent's always the one filibustering. As I thought Chad, he was going to pick it up. As well, I I thought I thought someone was going to pull it out of thin air. I, I believe dribble. you guys. Double, double dribble. dribble. There we go. Double Running dribble. gun was kind of the in between from double dribble to NBA Jam. Okay. Okay. So running gun leads us to Odio Guama. Very good there, Aaron. Leads I us back to Odio yes. Guama. Leads us back to Odio Guama. And here's the thing about Odie. Yes. So he is he's extremely active. I think that's gonna be the main thing that fans will love to see. He's he's a player that Wake Forest fans kind of just fell in love with because yes, sure, he, he wasn't as polished out on the court and he tend to get tend to get into foul trouble at times, but he's still someone that would go out and make all the plays necessary for your team to win or be in a position to win. But I feel like one, that was all of our bigs last year anyway, getting in foul trouble all the time. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, I mean, but that Odio Guama's old news tonight. No, I know. I know. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I want to talk about Odio Guama as well, how he he is a, a quiet post-up threat. And I'm going to tie this into another news that you continue to bring out today, Chad. And so Oguama scored on 0.95 points per post-up possession this last season, yeah. which ranked third in the ACC. Behind Matthew Hurt, who was pretty doggone good at Duke, and Justin Champagne. Am I saying that right? Is that how you say Cham- Champagne. 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 Who, who just who just put his name into the NBA draft, and he's keeping his name in there, so he will more than likely be drafted in this upcoming draft. So those are two really good players, and the post-up performance of Odio Guama proves that he does have some potential there. Not someone that necessarily you're going to run the offense through but someone that can get you some points in the post when needed. And that's why, Chad, when you continue to mention the the potential GA right. filling well, of Kyle Aguama has Aguama has a very nice righty hook. Little hook, yes. And, and he gets it off from some weird angles, and it, right. it, it's not as funky as Kyle's lefty hook. Right. But, but I there is a fit there. If everything, and I think it will, and I posted that on Twitter today, I think things very much are trending towards uh, Kyle Washington and Demar Johnson being in the building every day, which is awesome. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but I, I do think, I, I, although I don't, I've always said, like, the way Kyle shot that hook, that I don't think that's ever something you can teach. Right. It, it has to be something you naturally possess. But Odie actually has a little bit of of that in his right. arsenal. It's with the other hand. It's it's not as funky as Kyle, but he goes a lot to that righty hook over his left hand shoulder. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah we'll 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 probably see some more of that, which I like. I loved. I, I I've told it on multiple podcasts. There was nothing I loved more than that year at NKU. We were on the baseline. We were sitting right next to the opposing team's bench. Mm-hmm. And in the first half of games, when UC's offense was down there, you'd watch Kyle make one of those, you know, goofy flip shots. And I immediately would look over to the opposing team's bench. And you, you could see their assistant coaches just being like, what is that? <laughs> what, what, what can you do? What do you do to stop that? Right. So, is that Nothing. the shot they call the trebuchet? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Also, in, in every game except for one, when the team kind of just went on lulls and needed a bucket, it really did seem like Kyle was that player 
just give it to him in the post and let him do that little, you know, funky hook shot. So if, if Kyle can, can push that onto Odie and instill confidence and, and maybe teach him a little bit more instincts towards that, I'm not saying he's going to be a go-to scorer, but I'm saying that's going to be another option on the Yeah, court. well, here's the beautiful part of, of that synergy. What being a GA means is that Kyle Washington is going to be allowed to be on the floor at practice. Mm-hmm. Graduate assistant. I mean, the only people really allowed on the floor are the head coach, the three assistant coaches, the managers, and the graduate assistants. So, you know, Kyle's going to get to be pretty heavily involved. He'll be out there banging with Odio Guama and uh, they'll, they'll get to share trade secrets. And I, I, I can't wait to have Kyle back. Like I, I yes. miss Kyle. You want to, you want to hear something cool? Yes. Before we get into the other thing that's we're about to talk about. Well, because it's breaking news. So yes. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it developing news. I don't know that it's necessarily the eyes breaking are out news. there. Yeah. The eyes are out. Um. I heard Wes Miller in the past 24 hours or so has uh, has called Hep Cronin and invited Hep Cronin to, to practice whenever he wants. And just another bridge, mm-hmm. you know, another bridge so from again, Harris. So, again, I just ask, like, tell me where this guy has done anything for you not to love every move that he's made as he brings in the – coach Huggins guys as he brings in the Mick Cronin guys literally his own father and continues to just bring these guys back together and just you know taking all the things that the alumni have been screaming on every social media platform in every situation I feel like they're they're given anymore and it's like it's like they're being heard finally they are and speaking of being heard um there is a special tweet that has been tweeted. Breaking news. Breaking news. Well, not, you know, breaking news. Developing. No, I, I mean, yes, developing. And it, by the time this podcast is posted, I'm sure the news will be already out. It's but, all the way broken. But multiple reports all over Twitter. Mississippi State transfer big man Abdul Addo, likely heading to Cincinnati next season now this is an interesting one aaron abdul ado spent five seasons at mississippi state one two three four five he is a grown man he is someone that has been it's been known for over a month that he was not going to be returning to mississippi state it was going to be whether does he want to continue playing college basketball or does he want to you know, try his, his step at, at the next level and, you know, whether it be, you know, professional basketball or, or whatever it is, but, you know, Mississippi state an absolute shot blocking machine, big time rebounder, six foot 11, 255 built. I, this is a, a grown man who potentially, and by the time that this podcast is posted more than likely already known, will be joining the fold next year for the Bearcats. So I just, so now, just another hit. Yeah. So now, now all of a sudden you're talking about between him and Koval, you have hundreds of career blocks between the two of them. Oh, you have two elite rim, rim protectors. Yeah. 300 and blocks career for Koval, 250 for Abdullah Dell. So going back to my original point, I think now you can run Odie more at the four than at the five. 
if that's indeed the case that we're getting abdul adu much ado about nothing <laughs> i think it's i think it's adele so here's here's my thought on that aaron i i would think the the perfect pairing would be something along the lines of you know having a doe with jeremiah davenport and then having koval with Odie. so I, kind of you have that outside inside but two bigs that can also you know rebound and and make shots and as well hustle and just be overly aggressive and shot blocking on both of those as well i can't wait to see the the way that he plays with these different you know toys that he has now and to see the mm -hmm. rotations that we're running out there because here we were you know what six six eight weeks ago wondering how the hell we're going to even feel the team now we're discussing out of, of spots we're out of spots what kind what kind of log jam <laughs> do we have <laughs> at the five and the four so i i love everything that coach west miller has been able to do they're, if if a doe is done they're at 13 that's it mm -hmm. done and done Unless something else opens up, but they're done. Like, I can't. I can't remember who it is on the boards that, that asked. Uh, you know, when are we going to start talking about class of twenty two? Well, you weren't able to start talking about class of twenty two, like recruits, until you filled out the roster. <laughs> like let's let's worry about the upcoming season before we're worried about down the down the way. Aaron, you want to know how long Abdul Ado has been at Mississippi State? He he played at Fifth Third Arena. He did 2018. Yeah. And, and in that game, he didn't score. He did play 27 minutes, didn't score, but he grabbed four rebounds, had four steals, and three blocks. So, I thought, I thought as, a, as a true freshman in the SEC, I, that's the type of player, not a true freshman. I think he was a retro freshman that year, but I mean, that's the retro type of freshman, player that yeah. you're getting in Abdul Doe. I thought you were going to say he'd been in the league longer than uh, Derek King. <laughs> I mean, it's comparable. It's definitely comparable. But I mean, still, as a freshman, he had 19 points, nine rebounds at Texas A&M. This is this is someone who has, you know, of course, you think SEC. Of course, you think okay, who has ties to the SEC? Currently on the staff with with the Bearcats, you've got to think Chad Dollar had a lot to do with this one. Uh, you know, being able to see what I I imagine Chad Dollar between his stops at both. Auburn and Georgia saw him <laughs> a lot six eight times I I mean that's no better judge than saying okay Abdul Doe hits hits the portal we want this guy and immediately they go after him and it looks like here here comes another six foot eleven willing to do anything beast shot blocker I mean now he he would classify as playing big Aaron <laughs> Yes, he would. <laughs> I literally already said you can now put Odie at the four, and now let's see what you got running around. It was a joke. Relax. You and Brent are really jumpy tonight. Brent's I think I think I've been pretty good. He's calmed down quite a bit. That so was Brent was before <laughs> the podcast. He already blew his gasket. Yeah, he was jumpy before the podcast. I drink a lot of energy drinks. It gets me fired up, but. I mean, what what was the main thing last year that you kind of looked at the bigs and you said, you know, we're missing a, a rim-protecting big. We're missing someone that could be active as well on the boards. I, I mean, you're, Brent, we finished the season with eight guys. 
we were missing pieces everywhere. Right, exactly. It was, it, was, it was a puzzle without all the pieces. I agree. But, I mean, Abdul Dub, in, in his final, what, five games, he had 11 rebounds against Alabama in, in the conference tournament. Then he had 11 rebounds against Richmond in the NIT and finished out with another 11 rebounds against Memphis in the NIT championship game. This is, this is a guy that attacks the boards, especially offensively. I mean, this is just – it is a great, great ad, especially because it fits a role. It fits a role on a team Absolutely. of something that you need. And when, wow. you, when you can go Abdullah Doe – Okay, yeah. Spody, Spody Odie, Dopalicious Angel. Oh, I like Ring that. Town, by the okay. way. But so, so when, when you can go from – literally, Aaron, let's, let's see it real quick. What are the totals, Aaron? I don't know. You tell me, Brent. You you're, know the, what, Aaron? you're the stat guy. Aaron, I will have to tell you that. So what? He had he has 249 block shots in his career. 249, Aaron. That's that's quite a few. And then you go Hayden Koval. And how many? I bet we're over 600. <laughs> Let's see here. His total blocks 337. So we're flirting right around 600. You know, I I would venture to guess there's not many other teams in Division One basketball with that many block shots on their roster. I'd imagine there's some schools that don't have 600 blocks ever. on their roster ever. Oh, stop! <laughs> I mean, maybe if they just started like five years ago in D one, sure. <laughs> oh, in D one, okay. But so so did these guys? They only started five years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. That's right. still there's something to be said. Yeah. So I and I mean, when you have that ability to say, okay, you know what, we're gonna have Hayden Callball out there who's knocking down threes and also protecting the rim, and then here comes Abdullah Doe off the bench and he's doing the same thing. I it's it's gonna be awesome to see how Wes Miller is able to 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 piece those two together and use them. I, I mean, you saw last year Hayden Koval was. Was a yin, and then he had a yang. It was it was a two man thing. This and is also going to be an offense unlike anything that a Cincinnati fan has ever seen before, <laughs> playing in a seapaw. I mean, tell me a, a a single time we had an offense that was even close to playing in this type of way. We're not talking about tipped passes here. You know what I mean, like. Or deflections, if you will. Oh, oh, you mean a defense? That uh, well, I mean, just either way. I mean, but that was that was the focus. What the offense would come from the from the deflections, right? Right. Now we're talking spreading the floor. We're talking centers shooting threes, and not just Mamadou with his. I'm in the game, so I'm probably going to take a three or Quadri Moore doing God knows what out there. Oh, quad squad all the way, baby. No, not me. All the way out. <laughs> but no, I. I mean, Abdullah Doe played 131 games in the SEC. It's it's you know, and you know, say what you want to about Ben Howland. It's he's a he's a coach that has seen it all, and and he has accomplished some great feats. So, I mean, he's gotten good coaching, and now all of a sudden, a huge addition. And I, I mean, it is crazy thinking about the big situation from just a couple seasons ago, last season to now it's you've got two elite shot blockers at your disposal. 
and not many teams in the entire country can say that. Well, and you know, we, we lost, we, we lost our guy from, from last season and he ended up at Wisconsin. So clearly somebody valued what, you know, we, we thought was not going to be a fit here. So I'm, I'm almost curious to see how that works out in, in Wisconsin even. Right. No, I, yeah, it, that was, uh, that was pretty good, you know, great for Chris. Chris Bo, sure. You know, going to go to Wisconsin that, I mean, it was, it was um, not surprising, just, just very enlightening, I guess you would say. I like I, seeing that he chose Wisconsin and all that. So I, you know, good for him. Excited to see how he is able to do next year. But I mean, Abdullah though, 42nd in the country in block rate, you know, 112th in the country in, in, in all college basketball and offensive rebounding percentage that those are some, some big time numbers and in, in, in a really tough sec last season, you know, Arkansas, Alabama, you know, LSU, Auburn, just, just some good teams in that sec last year. And, and Abdullah Doe was able to really hold his own. And now he's a bear cat and he's going to be patrolling the lane. And don't look, that is a grown man underneath the basket. Now, what I have to ask you though is between Odie and Ado and everyone else that we have currently on the roster, where do these names end up on the all Bearcat name team? <laughs> right. And Odie, 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 Ado, Ado, Ado. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you could do that almost as a battle from uh, like student sections. Like, right, right. Odie, 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 Ado, 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 Ado. Ado. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I think we just gave some people some ideas. But... I hope so, but I don't think students listen to our podcast. <laughs> Maybe they do. We don't know. But, no, I, I mean, this is a great addition. And as we were talking about before, Kyle Washington, uh, you know, coming on as a GA, able to kind of instill a little bit of his offense. Because we got to admit, Kyle Washington was a great offensive player. And if, if he can instill a little bit of his tactics and what he was able to do, and then you, you have a Mike Roberts, who's a great big man coach. He's, he's long been a group, really good big man coach. And I mean, from, from all looks at it, it seems as if this is Chad dollar. Cause he's been known the sec. He's been down there in the South. He's played against Abdullah Doe. So a, a big win for Wes Miller. And like you said earlier, Aaron, it's, it's like, what is he, done wrong you know it's it's just been home run after home run if you think it's a base hit then that next move is going to be a two-run home run so it's uh he's playing been, chess been pretty not crazy checkers. it playing, has been crazy playing chess not checkers you know i i don't want to dive fully into the the entire breakdown of the roster because we'll do that in, in a future episode when it is completely finalized but you've got to take a step back and look at it and just be like wow when you know, when we looked at it initially, what did I miss? I mean, it's, it's basically us talking through the Robert Redford meme where he's out <laughs> in the woods and he's just like doing his little head nod. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of Sorry. where we're at. Yeah, I I will at Wes on an important phone call. Wes, see what you did there. <laughs> did, did you did he want to make sure you saw John Goodman's tweet? <laughs> Jeff Goodman. Whatever. I don't think. Name. I don't think John. No. I, I wish I, John I, Goodman had tweeted it no, out. No. No. We were talking about something else. <laughs> I think. I think John Goodman said something big is about to happen. So maybe John did know. You know. Who knows? Who knows? But. Uh, but hey, you know what? You didn't. 
Wes very much, Chad. It was uh, we were <laughs> we we're just over here sipping some Miller Lights, you know, nothing nothing big on the pot. I feel but, you. I but feel really, you. No, I mean, Chad, you got to think about that that rotation of bigs, where you compare a shooter with a big man who is a shot blocker. I, yeah, it's 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 in a two D, which is just this is what outside of Trey Scott, this is what John Brandon didn't get right. Yeah. Well, and, and Trey Scott part. wasn't even his. I was just, you know, do what you can and and just maximize how good you are. So I don't know. It's uh it's very interesting to see a, a, a too deep, if you will, dude. With the, the interchangeable last, parts. I, I still I can't believe I can't get my brain around the last six weeks. It's it's insane. So I this can't is, get my brain around it. Like things were so bad. I know. So desolute. So this program is going to take so long to pick itself up off the mat. And all of a sudden they're back in the ring with gloves on. Like with an in, awesome staff, an awesome staff. Well, yeah, I, now, we haven't, we, I haven't really talked about that on here. Um, so I can, I, I posted a little bit on it today on Bearcat journal. I can get into like some of the other stuff a little bit tonight too. If you guys want me to, I guess we're going deep. Do it. So they added a guy that I love, or they're they're adding a guy that I love. Played at Cubcath, was the director of basketball operations at Georgia. I think he's probably in title going to have the same role here. I think him and Chris Lapore are going to be like uh, the one-two punch behind the scenes, and that's a kid named Jake Thielen. Uh, who was an awesome player at Cubcath. He played at Bellarmine. You'll probably remember him from those exhibition games that UC played against Bellarmine. Um, I think Jake Thielen is, Jake Thielen is a, an, a fantastic young hire with local ties to the staff. He gets the city. He gets the region. Um, Jalen Stowe, uh, who was a, a former player, uh, I think at Hampton. Is joining Kyle Washington as GA. Um, Kevin Anzenberger is going to be the the video guy, from my understanding. Uh, Matthew Miller, uh, who is the son of a uh, a big time UC booster and supporter. Um, if you ever remember, like uh, a young kid with like a, a kind of afro that sat courtside for games, like seven, eight, nine years ago. Logan Johnson. No, Matthew Miller. <laughs> um, Matthew has been in courtside seats with his dad since he like literally was born. Uh, this is a kid like Matthew is, it bleeds red and black. So Matthew's going to be on staff as well. Um, the only name I'm not really sure of that I've mentioned uh, previously is C.B. McGrath, who was the head coach at UNC Wilmington. Uh, I think that line is still in the water, but I don't think it's nearly at the point of completion uh, that a lot of these others are. Like I said, I think DeMar will be eventually worked out and figured out as a uh, director of player development. Kyle Washington as a graduate assistant, I think eventually gets worked out as well. This is guys a big time top to bottom, big time staff. Yes. Yes. Big time. Like this feels D 
different. This feels really, really legit. Yeah. With how far it spans and how many different guys are involved. Um, Six or eight I, weeks ago, Rothstein was saying we were at an all-time low. All-time low. <laughs> he was an idiot for saying that. Because, look, man, my first year on the job, 2006, I walked out of a couple games. All-time low. Where it was like, they, I'm here shooting video and doing, like, I didn't leave the arena, but I just like was like, I'm not shooting any more highlights of Syracuse putting their nuts on somebody's forehead. <laughs> you like, have to go throw back some heaters, right? <laughs> right. I'm done shooting clips. Like I would rather go smoke four cigarettes in the, the stairwell of the media entrance than to like, I, I'm not getting anything out of it. And if I do, guess what? Nobody wants to watch the fucking highlights of a team that just lost 84 to 57. Like, nobody's watching the highlights of this game. Give me a break. That's an all-time low type deal. Like, and Mick did the pulled the Undertaker and, and brought them out of the grade. But there are all-time – this was not an all-time low. But six to eight weeks ago, things looked really, really bad, really bad for the future of this basketball program. And now we're standing on solid ground. We're not on the high ground yet. But when you like, here's the thing for me with, with Hayden Koval, Odio Guama, and potentially Abdul Ado, you're not getting bullied by Houston and Memphis. No. By right. Anyone. That was, well, but right. But we're talking about like in terms of this team competing in the American in year one. Yeah. You're yeah. not getting bullied by the teams that, that are perceived to be at the top of this conference. That doubled our score, you mean? Right. Yeah. You're not getting pushed around. You're not getting punked by them with the guys that this program has added. And you've got ACC-level athleticism in John Newman. And you've got two young guys in A.J. McGinnis and Jared Hensley that show a lot of promise long-term. You've got the five guys returning that have proven that they can win in this league. Holy shit. What happened? in the past month what 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 the hell happened like this doesn't make any sense to me because it, it, it is a restructuring from head coach to bench staff to support staff to graduate assistants to roster one through 13 that just doesn't it, it shouldn't make any sense well, it Jeff shouldn't have gone this smoothly this quickly this is where Brett and I actually tell you that we're co-stars in your Truman show. And, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Truman show. <laughs> no, I, my, my whole life has been the Truman show, Aaron. I'm like, you're not surprising me with that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is crazy, Chad, because you, you think about it going back to the West Miller hire all outside of the greater Cincinnati area. What you heard was this is a rock star hire by Cincinnati. Cincinnati but he's got a shit hitting. ton of work to do. Right, exactly. When you're able to, uh, and I'm sure he still hasn't slept much. I, I know he did say he slept a little bit, but I don't think it's much because the amount of work that he's gotten done in such quick time to have everyone be able to be ready for when they need to go and meet with Mike Rayfelt, who, by the way, 
another addition to the staff, which is just yeah, Mike Rayfeld. How we haven't mentioned Mike Rayfeld yet? <laughs> I mean, it's just like you fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? We haven't I, mentioned Mike Rayfeld yet. I wish people could see your face right now. I've never seen you so excited. I feel like that's how you are <laughs> at the precinct when they put the plate in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and look, man, th- there's nothing worse, and th- it's good for business, but it is so bad for my soul when one of the when football or basketball sucks. It is so bad. Because you have to find a way to like to deal with it, like uh, to yeah. to to try to try to talk people off the ledge, to try to walk people through it, to try to like get out to the other side. And it feels like we just sprinted to the other side, like yeah. ah, Ali Ali oxen free. <laughs> <laughs> West the builder's been hustling, man. <laughs> West the builder. <laughs> that. that He's got his hard hat and his cool belt. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. That's, that's got to be the best thing. Monster for saying that. Yeah. I was going to say, that's the best thing Monster ever gave us. Yeah, and, and if somebody doesn't have a big head of Bob the Builder with Wes's face on it in the student section, uh, I, I'm taking exception with Rally Cats. If, if they, they didn't already, happen. I'm sure they yeah, do. Yeah, I'm taking exception <laughs> with Rally Cats if that doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, and, and Chad, you look at last year, I kind of, kind of just going back to the dual dough a bit. Hayden Koval and Mohammed Abdul Salam were kind of that that one two punch at the five. Yeah. Abdul Salam was the rebounder. He was the kind of more of the the grinder down low. You're adding Abdul Ado, who did what he did, but at an SEC level. I, it's just it, it blows my mind. And then you mentioned CB McGrath. CB McGrath was an assistant at North Carolina for 14 years. He's and, the head coach in North Carolina Wilmington. Like that one's head coach not done. No, no, no. That no, was, that no, was no I know, done. but the fact that his name is even being like mentioned, you know, it it just screams, wow, Wes Miller is he is next level. And what's happening here is next level. And you look at what you know, Wes Miller is an ACC guy. He's got ties with the ACC. You look at the two big name schools in the ACC. And that's North Carolina, and that's Duke. Both of those staffs are littered with former players. It is all former players that that know what it takes to win at a high level. Well, as much as we kind of kind of shit on John Cunningham for the way that he handled the Brandon situation, I, I still think, I mean I still don't think he handled all of it great. I don't disagree. Okay. I don't disagree. My point is, I think we also he have to mention. Back. God, I think we he have. Back. It's kind of like the Jim Carrey moment in Dumb and Dumber, where it's like you totally <laughs> redeemed yourself, <laughs> right? And I've been on that boat for weeks. Like, look, I can still say I don't know that. that and I, we don't know all the details. And I'm less harsh on John Cunningham than I was, you know, as it was playing out. But I didn't like how long it took, and I didn't, you know, there were some things about the process I didn't love. But when it comes to like coming back and and getting the higher right don't call it a comeback i've been here for years i was trying to give you the hip-hop man you wanted the hip-hop you brought it up an hour ago you had it you brought it there that was good that was good kid i mean i go ahead I was going downtown the other day. I, the mute button is a little sticky on my iPad. Uh, I was going downtown the other day, and uh, Around the Way Girl came on. 
What do you know about Around the Way Girl, Aaron? It may have been before my time. It's it's right around. Don't call it a comeback. LL, old school LL Cool J. LL Cool J. I don't know what that was. I need an around the way girl. You have to look it up tonight when we get done. I'm, I'm on it. I, I, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I listen to Dr. Dre like all day at work. So yeah, I mean like, some old school LL. Like Chronic 2001. Dr. Dre. Yeah, see it. See, I go back to like the, the chron- original like, chronic. I'm, yeah, yeah, the ori- I'm that old. I'm I'm the chronic years old. I mean, I just went to Dr. <laughs> Dre. I just went to Dr. Dre and hit shuffle. So there was plenty. Actually, of stuff. I used to, I used to have great arguments with my brother about like what our kids should be allowed to listen to at like 10, 11, 12 years old. He's like, you can't let them listen to that. And I was like, Nate, we listen to NWA at that age. <laughs> Did yourself a disservice by a not calling him Nate Dog. Well, no, that's like, of course, Nate Dog, of course. But we grew up on NWA and like Ice T Cop Killer. You can't tell me what the kids are listening to now at 10, 12 years old was any different than what I was listening to in 1987. Calm down, kid. Yeah, but it was like this and like that and like this and a. <laughs> like this and like that and like. You guys are too young to get the good stuff, but yeah. Um, all right. Hey, are we done here? Are we good? I, what else we got? I thought Doe had nine blocks and 11 rebounds against an Auburn team that was coming off a Final Four run. I just want to – I feel, like we're, I feel like we're in a good place right now. So there was a, a question <laughs> that I wanted to, to drop. As, as There's really only one question left in the mailbag that I feel is like worth mentioning. Oh, boy. But yeah. Nine Brady, blocks and 11 rebounds, Aaron. I didn't want to include Brady in this question because you'll understand why when I ask it. But it comes from UC Merck, who always drops the most interesting questions anyway. And who would win in a punt, pass, and kick contest between Chad, Brent, Aaron, and Dave? I, I mean, I've got a decent arm, not a great arm. Um, I, 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 was, I was pretty good at soccer, but terrible at kicking a football. Yeah. I have a feeling I would lose everything. I'm, I'm confident I would win the passing. Pretty, pretty confident in that. But uh, punting and I mean, I think if this would come, but all of these categories would probably come down to me and Brent, I think. Punting and kicking would be tough. Yeah. I I I just was, I I could never really like figure out how to get a good foot on a football. You guys have calves. I got these thin little bird legs. Oh, I've got tree, like, I've got tree trunk, like, like runner. I have sprinter's legs. Yeah. I got so nothing here. But, and I, I was really good at soccer. Unfortunately, my high school didn't have soccer, so I didn't play soccer in high school. But I was really good at soccer. But I just couldn't figure out the 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 math on kicking a football. <laughs> I was never good at. It. No, yeah. I, so if I if I squared up on it just right, I might have a chance. Yeah, I, I mean, I could yes. throw. I guess I could probably. I mean, I, I haven't thrown in a long time, but I could probably throw like 30, 35 yards. My shoulders wrecked. There's no shot. I'm doing anything. I'm, I'll probably bow out honestly my, my shoulder my shoulder's that bad what well, well, do you think you could get 40 brent yeah i'm confident in my throw 40 40's pretty far you'd be surprised though i think but, i could uh, get 30 in the, the in between 30 and 35 like i think i'd be right right at 30 maybe like 32 33 if i really if i really launched one yeah well i'm, I'm confident lined up. i'm confident yeah. i need rotator cuff surgery but um what <laughs> I about used to t- play 
I used to play a lot of steady quarterback, but that was mainly because I, I could throw the intermediate stuff really well and I could run, run. and they blitz. Sure. Now, I, where, I where are you putting Dave shit. in any of this conversation? I, Dave could be the wild card because he could, he could maybe kick. Maybe. So, like, what if Dave can punt or kick? Much like, then, Charlie, much like Charlie Day, he is a wild card. Or, yeah, like, or what if Brett Stein comes out here and he's got a boot? We don't know. <laughs> I can't wait for him to chirp back at us on Thursday. <laughs> what what one of those three things do you think Brett Stein is going to do well? Ah, uh, oh man. Um, ooh, ooh. Maybe maybe he could get a good punt in there. That that pendulum that that Defino was talking about. I'm still confident he beats me in a throwing contest because again, I'm I'm pretty sure I just bow out. Okay. It's that bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next question. I mean, I, I, I couldn't promise. I couldn't promise. I, I think I could throw it farther than I could punt it or kick it. None of us are gonna Andy Reed it. There's no doubt about that. But uh Andy Reed was 14 feet tall compared to those kids he was going up against. How wild is that picture? That's that's out there for one, it's of, the one of the great pictures of all time. Of all time. Of all time. The Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry picture. No, Andy Reed is better than that the Mark Andy Ingram, Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. No questions yes. asked. So for those of you asking about recruiting, this shit is about to take off real hard, real Woo! fast here in the next couple of weeks. Woo! I promise you that. Outside of that, Chad, you check able- out your story that you recently posted, Aaron. I did on Landon Livingston had a conversation. And there's, <coughs> there's more of those coming. There's certainly more of those coming, but you know how kids are. And as soon as you schedule something for a Monday, all of a sudden it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Crazy how that works. Uh, outside mm-hmm. of that though, um, we are you making one- excuses? There's no I, excuses. I'm not going to make recruiting. I'll just send you, I'll send you the screen caps and that's fine. But the last question we had, and I didn't want to ask Brady this because I'm not sure how much he's even able to talk about if he knows anything, but do you know anything about the turf or the locker room projects when they're going to be completed or the turf end zones that are being rumored to be black? So my understanding, the, the turf is going to be done. The turf has been started. Um, I don't think it's going to be done prior to them like leaving for camp so then the 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 timeline would be you know return from camp uh get out there some and get ready for the season uh i have heard rumblings of black end zones i don't know that for certain Uh, yeah what was the other one would it be permanent with the end zones or because then they change it up a lot or i'm guessing that they're going with like the traditional, like the way things were done before they had that soccer turf put in where everything was painted. Yeah. Is that you had like, sh- like sheets. Mm-hmm. So the end zone would be a sheet. I don't know that they would make it changeable. They might. Right. right. Um, but you would have to make it where you would like unsew that okay. portion and okay. sew another portion yeah. in, which is a lot of, a lot right. of work and doesn't make also, a whole lot of sense. I would think that you'd also run the risk of injury if that came loose at all. Yeah, and painting that shit is expensive. Like when they joked around and did that black turf for April Fool's Day a couple of years back. Man, that was awesome. They actually looked into it, and it would be a hundred thousand dollars a game. That's coincidentally the temperature that the on-field temperature would right. be. <laughs> Right. You could only do the black turf in like 
October, November, December. You couldn't do it in in the in, in even the remote like warm weather months here. Players are um, complaining about the temperature of the sun on the field. Yeah, what was the other one? Uh, the uh, locker room project when that's supposed to be completed. I, I think there's a phase of it that is going to be completed prior to the start of the season. Um, that they're able to get started now, and then they'll start on the full like locker room part once this season comes to an end. All right, very good. So there's some cosmetic stuff and and some some redesign, like some some basic stuff that'll be done this summer, um, and then the rest of the stuff will be done uh, at the end of the season, going into the 2022 season, is my understanding. Well, I think that wraps up the uh, the mailbag for the most part. So, what a show! You know what I love? I love these shows that we come into and go. Well, we I don't know got, what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and they're always the best shows because they're like they're not planned, they're not scripted. Like that's my favorite part. I hate that I've got to sit here and like write out this radio show for tomorrow. Um, I've got one thing on my radio show. Uh, yeah, Luke Fickle. What do you mean? Right. That's the only thing I, yeah. I you know, and that's the only segment I have planned out. Right Fill now. up a whole hour with callers after fickle hops on <laughs> yeah. to talk about, uh, yeah. to talk We're about the lines to talk about the reds. There's well, there's, there's <laughs> no scholarships left anymore now. Right. You could have people call in to talk about whatever Xavier's doing. Cause God knows. And then you could have them talk about, you know, the, the fact that Luke fickle was on and, and the reds and, and even FCC's grand opening there. You could almost do two hours of calls and be done. Never, ever, ever fucking ever. Am I going to do two hours of calls? Yeah, well, I'm you know, the, you know, Aaron, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a, a sneak preview into the radio world. You know why you don't ever open the phones for two hours? Cause after you get through about the first half hour, that's when the crazies come out. There's a reason that none of those people have a radio show. <laughs> Brent, have you ever been a radio caller? Uh, not a caller, no, but I've been on the other line. I've been a caller. Here I am with not one but two podcasts. I feel like I'm doing okay. Yeah, I mean, how many t- were you a guy that called every day? No, I called like once or twice ever. Right, right. I feel like my, my co-host on, on PTP, though, Ed, I feel like he's been close to an everyday caller at a couple of different points <laughs> of his life. I, uh, I love good callers. I really do. I love good callers. There's just it's 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 not easy to find them. My, I've done a pretty good job, I think, of like when I'm on finding your balance. We've had, like, no, we've had pretty good callers. Like the there's only been a couple times where I've just been like what was that like what are we doing here like usually it's it's pretty good conversation i i think that's because i try to promote you know solid conversation uh, on the shows my friends love to target dan dockish and just here and because who doesn't dockish lets anyone on call yeah yeah it just becomes a becomes a Pretty pretty crazy show pretty quickly. So Chad, anything you want to drop as we've been here for two hours and anybody who's no, I I've got work to do. I got shit to like I gotta get out of here. Okay. Well good yeah, show, guys. Like, that was a like, lot of fun. <laughs> no, nah, well, did hey, it. hey, hey, two hour marathon. Guys. A little bit of a uh first time that we kind of had breaking news. I think we kind of before had, but 
still, it's uh, yet again. Quote, unquote, breaking news. Right, exactly. There's a blinking but, bear uh, cat on my Twitter feed. I'm just saying. No, I, I, I said. Well, that yeah, that, but I mean, it's yeah. not breaking news until the kid commits. Yeah. So here soon. You just watch. But anyway, a huge thank you again to Brady Collins for my good friends, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith. Yet again, I am Brent Young. Thank you so much for listening to the BBP here on Bearcat Journal. Two hours. See ya.